Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast is Mr. David Gray, founder of From Military to Millionaire, and is now a good friend of myself on this show. We talk about BPCon and some other stuff in this episode, and since then we have been to that conference and attended it, and David and I got to spend some time together. We had a great time with a lot of really great people, spent some time with Mr. David Green, Travis Hill, Jose Linares, Michael Seidel, and a bunch of other podcast guests such as Jason Rash. And uh, it was just an awesome experience getting to see some people in person, get to know them for the first time, people that you talk to daily and weekly. And then David and I went and we hung out with two of my other best friends, Mark O'Connell and Sean Cooper. We went to go see My Chemical Romance and Taking Back Sunday in Oakland. Got to see those guys playing in front of 15,000, 20,000 people. It's freaking awesome. We got Mr. Kurt Osiander, BJJ legend. Danny Damage, Danny Marks, a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt under Gilbert Melendez and former professional fighter. And of course, got to spend some really good time with my good buddies in Taking Back Sunday and watch them kill it in front of all those people. And I had a blast hanging out with David Perret and getting to spend some additional time with him, one talking shop with a bunch of freaking awesome real estate investors at BPCon, which is a fantastic conference, and then just getting to spend some downtime just me and him. So definitely a good friend of mine now, definitely an awesome guy, and I really am excited that he came back on the podcast. And more and more, I like retouching with uh, people like this. And it's just an excuse to hang out. I didn't realize we were going to hang out after, so it wound up even better. But he went to Peru since then, he went to Colombia since then, we went to the UFC fights that we talk about that. And he's just a good guy, so I think you guys will really enjoy the episode and always love the value that this gentleman brings from being a very successful real estate investor, very experienced and very successful brand owner, and just a good, fine human being and former military man himself, and now father, husband, world traveler, educator, and founder of The Warm as well as published author and podcast host. So what more could you want? The man's got a fantastic freaking beard, a great sense of humor, and an amazing track record. And I very much enjoy David Prey. And thank you very much for coming and hanging out with me in person and on this podcast as always. So definitely check him out. See the show notes for his book, for his course, uh, for his podcast, and for all the ways to connect with him. Once again, what I really want is for us to do some deals together. So please make sure you check out www.nicknicknick.com slash links for all the ways to connect with me on social media. Please follow along. Please make sure you connect with us because that's how we get free guests coming on and dropping knowledge like David Prey and a lot of these other guys like David Green and Brandon Turner and so many amazing people that I got to finally meet in person that are very tall. Brandon Turner is very tall and David Green is a very big dude. But it was freaking awesome and um, just a little bit goes a long way. When we post the show notes for this, just hit a little like button, a little thumbs up button, share it, tag a friend, something along those lines. It really goes a long way. It takes two seconds. You guys are scrolling on social media anyway. Just take a second and like the post when we post some of these clips and share it and just let them know so they want to keep coming on and bringing you guys really good free knowledge of how to make money, save time, and not take beatings along the way. I would love to do deals with you. So if you would like to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or find a way to partner on your first year next real estate deal, text me 516-540-5733. Definitely check out nicknicknick.com slash links as well to subscribe to the podcast on all potential platforms. And definitely go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for a free checklist on how to bring more values to your buyers as a real estate agent, real estate broker, or real estate wholesaler. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, David Prey. Thank you, David Green, BP, Con, Brandon Turner. Take back Sunday, my chemical romance, Jillian Newman, for getting us into that show. And uh, everybody else along the way, thank you so much for being a part of this. And uh, I look forward to many more. Thank you very much. All right. My guest today for the second time on the A-Game podcast, from military to millionaire himself, the man, the myth, the beard, the now retired Marine, less mustache, more facial hairs, exploring the world. Uh, we've had a bromance brooming since the last one. I think we met a couple of times since then. We've gone to fight. So I figured, you know what? It was time to catch up with David Prey. What better way than just to record the whole thing and just hang out for an hour? Welcome back. And thank you for coming back on, Mr. David Prey. Yeah, I agree completely, man. This is, uh, this is awesome. Uh, thanks for having me on the show. Well, thanks for having me, brother. Yeah, uh, you know, the fight was fun for me because, like, I had no idea that you were 
you know, connected and knew a lot of fighters. And it's pretty funny because we're hanging out and I'm like, oh yeah, I met this cool guy. And you're like, yeah, he's like a world champion fighter. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And then like later that <laughs> night, I'm like running into people, people are like swarming him. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know that was that guy. <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty, pretty interesting take to, you know, my first live fight and getting to, you know, meet some, meet some cool dudes. Now that was awesome, man. You, you're freaking awesome though. Cause I hit you up and you were just kind of like, like, give me an hour and I'll find out. And you're like, I'm in. And they didn't really even know like what you're getting into. You were just kind of down for the adventure, man. And I think that that's, uh, that's where you probably come up with a lot of really cool experiences in life. Cause other people, well, I don't know. Let me check this. Let me do that. And you were just so easy, dude. And, and you know, I, on my side, I have to be very careful about who I bring around those circles. Cause there, I mean, there was one guy who kind of acted like a freaking idiot, unfortunately, but like the way you handled it was perfect, man, because I think he, like a guy like Al would probably almost prefer, like first you were like, man, what a nice guy. And then later on, it was like, I was like, dude, Google him. And you were like, oh, you know, but like <laughs> you liked him for him first, you know what I mean? And I think that that's always like a better thing of like, it wasn't who he is and what he could do for you. It was like, oh, this is just a nice guy. We just had a cool conversation and a drink. And it's always a, a better foot forward, man. So I appreciate that you were really cool with everybody. Yeah, man, it was, it was cool. It's, uh, it's still pretty funny because like, you know, people are like, oh, wow, I saw your picture with so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, uh, actually, this guy drove us home from the fights. And <laughs> I later realized that it was Chris Weedman. And like, he's kind of a big deal. And I didn't, I had no idea who he was. It was him and his, was it his brother that was driving. I don't know. Yeah, but, I think it was like his brother-in-law. Yeah, and I'm like, no idea. Just super nice guy, you know? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> it was such like an odd scene at the end too, like coming back to the uh, to the hotel because there was like the some of the guys that fought, that lost, that were there. And then like Mackenzie Durham was just kind of taking pictures. And then some of the other ones like Wyden was just trying not to get recognized. Like, And then there was just a bunch of like drunk people that were running around like, mean mugging the fighters because they were just trashed and i don't know i guess they thought it was a good idea like but that whole scene was like really strange you know it's like oh, i mean I you know if you go to a gym and you train and then you get hammered drunk of course you got to see you know what you're made of and what better way than getting <laughs> pummeled by a professional well i think usually like the a lot of the other ones i've been to they separate like the guys who are fighting at the different hotels and that one looked like everybody was just kind of in the same spot which is yeah. kind of weird. Like they just did the one in your old hood in San Diego. My buddy Jeremy Black like walked in with Dominic Cruz to check in, and they look next to him. He's like recording. It's like, well, there's the guy that he's fighting, checking him into his room. Like it's just weird. You know what yeah, I mean? It's like, it does seem you not not the people you want to like. Yeah, especially. I mean, you gotta you gotta see him at breakfast and stuff. You know, it's weird. Hey, what's up, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> probably not as weird the day prior. Like the day prior, it's probably all like. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what goes through those guys' heads. I can't imagine. I imagine in my head that a lot of the like, you know, oh, I'm going to kill you is just hype. Uh, but then after the fact, like if you don't feel like you won in the right way, I'm sure you don't want to run into that guy, you know, at breakfast when one's like, you didn't win that fight. I did and whatever. <laughs> See, I feel like it's the opposite because the day before you're cutting weight, you're cranky, your nerves are there. There's the expectation, you know, it's like the height of the anxiety. The whole thing is like the day before. You know, like you're starving, you're, you just want it to be over like it. But then after like you kind of got it out and you got that sense of like relief, maybe you had a couple of drinks, you got to eat some food. Like it's very rare you see guys that after they fight, they still have kind of that beef. You know, it's kind of like a mutual respect with exceptions, you know what I mean, yeah. for the most part. But, you know, usually they're after they're hugging each other after you see them in the hospital together, having a drink and taking a selfie. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I've never fought. Right. I mean, I've done some grappling and some wrestling, but never really trained uh but for the marine corps i've had to cut weight once or twice and and man i dropped i uh, do it was like 22 pounds i think in like six or seven days and it was like my wife thought i was gonna die like the oh, last wow. day like i'm just like laying in bed in like a sauna suit and like i can just like feel my chest going crazy and i'm like i need to drink water but i can't drink water and it was stupid because because in the marine corps um you know obviously right now i'm i'm hefty but you know it, my max weight in the Marine Corps was 181 because I'm only 5'8 or 5'7, depending on who, you know, tapes. So my max was either 176 or 181. And I mean, you've met me like I haven't been under 180 pounds in like 10, 15 years. I mean, I even after boot camp, I was like 165 and that's like the leanest I've ever been. And so there's just no way. And well, you have to tape out. But the way the Marine Corps does the taping is like your neck and your waist. And, and it was very very subjective. So there were a few years where I didn't know if I was actually going to make it just because my neck isn't huge. And so I'd be like, 
you know, at the time, like, you know, in really, really good shape, very little body fat, but per the taping system, it didn't really reflect that. And so there was a time I just got fed up and I was like, you know what, we're just going to leave no doubt and we're going to make weight. And it was like 22 pounds in like a week or so. And it, I mean, it was, dude, it was the most miserable experience of my life. And after that, I was like, I will never make fun of a wrestler ever. Like Jesus, man. Yeah. Thankfully I haven't had to do that. But if if you look back, actually Weidman, I think he's one of the worst ones. He got called out last minute to fight Damian Maya. And I think he lost like, literally like 38 pounds in like nine days or something like that like longo said he like he he thought he was gonna die like and then you have to go fight a guy you know what i mean like it's yeah it's I, I think we'll look back years from now and it'll be one of those things that's considered like barbaric and you're like can you believe that they used to make these guys do this stuff <laughs> yeah, uh, just yeah. be like okay what's your average weight over the last year great that's what you fight at thanks have exactly a yeah yeah i mean it can't can't be good for you but on your side now, I think it's a, an interesting thing because you you met um, there's probably guys that you didn't even realize like we were having like breakfast behind Kamzat Shemaev who's like, you know, about to fight Nate Diaz and there was all these guys around that you just kind of like well who's that well, who's that and like you know we kind of were in the fighter hotel and stuff but now that you you know you've gone on to start your own relationships and friendships with guys like Chris and guys like Ray and guys like Al, how much um of a surprise or uh you know like it's, it's always interesting to me from the outside in to talk to guys like that and kind of feel their energy and see what they're about and compare that to your normal circles, because you are around a ton of like a players, motivated guys, entrepreneurs that a lot of them, if they had decided that fighting was what they wanted to focus on, they were probably excellent at it. And I think the same way that guys like Al and guys like Chris, if they decide they want to focus on real estate, they're awesome at it too, because a lot of those types of people are cut from the same cloth. So it's probably why you got along so well with them. Cause I feel like they kind of fit your, your everyday circles anyway. Well, I think, you know, I think a lot of it is just like, you know, you get around different people. Right. And a lot of people as you're networking, like you can tell right off the bat that they feel like they have something to prove. Right. Like there's this, and it's not like an ego thing. It's like a, they just don't believe they've made it. Not to say that I've like, I made it, you know, but uh, when you get around guys like, like Al or, or Rob or, or Chris, or those are really the only three that I remember the names of other than Ray, um, <laughs> you know, like they have already proven that they're, you know, top, top of the world, right. They're, they're top class, whatever. And so they don't have anything to prove. And so it's funny because you meet these guys and on TV, you think they're, they're this like egocentric, just jerk, you know, or like, oh my gosh, fighters, they're all just mean all the time. They're never happy. But like you meet them in person and you're like, okay, chill dude, like totally cool. You know, they don't, they don't sweat anything. They're just, I mean, it's, it's kind of like the same. It's like, it's almost like the same mentality as like the biggest guy in high school is almost always one of the nicest. Like in more, in movies, they're always portrayed as like this massive jerk who you know is like the big bully whatever but like in reality like the biggest guy you know is usually like a teddy bear because nobody messes with him so he's got nothing to prove so he just doesn't care and he's just a nice person and it's like that you meet like you pro fighters or um it's the same reason that you know navy seals and special forces guys achieve success outside of the military i don't think it has anything to do with like oh being a navy seal made you successful i think it's just being a navy seal meant that you had to overcome a ton of things to accomplish that. And having those traits is what makes you successful in fighting anything, right? It's consistency, it's discipline. And it's just, I don't know, really probably just that for the most part. So yeah, I don't I know. They were cool. Them, man. That, that, that's, that's spot on. And, and even like the guys that you bought. So it wound up being kind of cool because some of your GoBundance guys came over, uh, Corey Miller, John Brooks. Uh, I'd like to speak to Diego again. I didn't talk to him so much, but, you know, I think it was a lot yeah, of that man. kind of same thing is um, it was nice that everybody was kind of hanging out and nobody, I felt like nobody was trying to be on or everybody was just cool. Like, yeah. you know, you and I just kind of like, we're going and hanging out and there was never any sort of uh like you said, like, I don't feel like at any point anybody was trying to like angle anything or prove anything. We all just got to kind of be us for a change. And it was like, you know, sometimes even at masterminds and things like that, you have to sometimes like mix the business in. And it was really nice just to kind of let your guard down and be like, I'm just going to have fun for a couple of days and eat and meet some people and hang out. And, you know, Francis and Brian and those guys came in Dolmar and those so freaking cool, man. Like I, I just, I had such a great time, man. I thought the mix of people just wound up being awesome. Aljo got the win, which was freaking fantastic, man. Yeah. And I was, I was just very happy that you were there and you were able to be part of that. I thought you definitely bought 
a ton of really good energy and just a lot of fun to that trip. Well, I appreciate you, man. It was, it was fun. I mean, that was the first time in a while that I've gotten to just be like, yeah, screw it. I'll be there. And, yeah, and wing it. Yeah. I didn't even know what hotel I was staying in until like the day before. I was like, hey, what hotel are you <laughs> in? Is, is there a room still? Um, That's the other but, crazy. Like, dude, the flights were crazy. The hotels were sold out everywhere. Like it was, there was a lot that could have, could have blocked that. Yeah. Yeah. It was nuts. It was um, before, before we move past it, uh, Diego's amazing. He's one of my favorite humans and you should 100% have him on the show. So remind me afterwards and I'll, there, that'll be your, your chance to connect more. He's a good yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love that for sure, man. I've been in touch with Corey a little bit. I've been texting back and forth with John a little bit. So that, that's been really cool, man. And likewise for any of the guys in my circles, if I can set you up with them, I definitely will. I, I texted uh, briefly with our good friend, Adam Whitney earlier today as well. I plan on, uh, hopefully seeing the both of you guys over at flip hacking live as well. Yeah. I haven't booked a ticket yet. I, Dude, I, you know what it is? I, I did this thing where last year I got out of the military and I, you know, I got out officially in October, but I was home by May. And I think I went on a trip every single month from May until like April this year. And, and, and some of those months, it was like two or three trips, right? I was just gone. I love travel. I love conferences. It was fun. And then I realized like I took in April, I took time off and I did not leave the state again with the exception of where did I, and I went out of town. Oh, I went to, I drove, I drove to Kansas and hung out in my buddy's missile silo for like three days last week. Uh, with the exception of that, I haven't left the state since April and it was awesome. Like, wow, I'm <laughs> at home is actually really nice. And I'm with the kids and I'm with the, you know, things are good. And, uh, I'm taking more, I took every Tuesday off this summer and tried to like focus on actually spending time being present at home. And so now I'm like, I looked at my calendar and realized that from tomorrow, when I go to Peru, I'm gone for two and a half weeks. And then I come back and had I left everything the same, I'm literally gone every other week until November. And I was like, I am not excited about this. So I dropped out of FinCon, which I love, but I just was like, nah, not this one this year. And so I dropped a few. And so right now, all I have left on the calendar is uh, BPCon and potentially Flip Hacking Live and then potentially a GoBundance event in Dallas. And so I haven't booked the tickets yet for Flip Hacking Live. I'm just waiting to just see how I feel after I'm gone for two weeks. Um, but that is definitely one of my one of my favorite conferences just because it's so content driven and the people. And the funny thing is like I I sold my wholesaling company and I don't really enjoy flipping a ton. <laughs> it's just not like it, it's so involved. I prefer you know, not as involved. I'm not a detail guy. And so like, I don't know that I'll ever join seven figure flipping because I don't actually enjoy that business model, but the people are so cool and uh, the event has great content and I always have fun. So I'm like, eh, I'll probably go anyway. It's probably the only event that I'll go to that I don't actually care at all about the end product because it's just not a niche that I enjoy anymore, but it's the people. Yeah. I'm with you on that, man. I thought the people were awesome. I just had a uh, Travis Hill on that. You looked me up with you freaking amazing guy awesome story and it was just some dude that was like sitting in front of us you know and then eventually it was like oh that's and then you introduced us later on and like i've been in touch with him so i, I agree man that you know my, my schedule is getting a little weird too but i'm, I'm 100 percent going to be at a uh, bp con i'm already booked up i'm actually uh i don't know if he booked it yet but al's supposed to come with me oh shoot that'd be cool we'll have to hang out i uh i just before we got on this call i just got on a actually this is really cool i do a lot of stuff on fiverr for random odds and ends and this was the first time i've ever had a guy say hey let's jump on a zoom call for five minutes so i can actually talk to you and get to know exactly what you want and so i thought it was really cool so i'm excited he's got like 3200 completed projects in a 5.0 you know average so like i assume that that's why is he actually cares but i i'm getting two t-shirts designed and i'm kind of excited about it just to be goofy at bpcon one is uh it's just going to be like really bold font and say like, we'll work for private money and then have my <laughs> brand on the back. And the other is, you know, that Dave Chappelle like picture, like the crack crackhead photo. Yeah. And it's just going to say, y'all got any more of them real estates across. And, uh, <laughs> just, so I'm just going to be wandering around BP car with like stupid t-shirts trying to get people's attention. I don't, it's whatever. I'll be drunk half the time anyway. So no, I like it, man. It'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. It's your, your old hoodie game. You get to revisit your old neighborhoods, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually going out. Uh, so BPCon is what, four, five, and six of October. I'm going to be out there like September 28th. A buddy of mine's retiring from the Marine Corps, so I'm going to go to his retirement and then hang out. And then, you know, I'll probably drive just because, well, because by the time I, you know, driving there and back is cheaper than flying. But then if you add a rental car to that, I mean, it's a completely different ballgame. 
And so I'm like, I, I don't mind the 20 hour drive. So I'll, you know, listen to a million audiobooks, make the drive, hang out for a week. And then uh, I'll probably end up leaving and driving north and hanging up around San Francisco with my uh, uncle for two or three days and then drive back. So I'll end up like going through Texas and all the way across the southern part of the U.S. And then I'll come back and hit through the Rockies and Utah and Salt Lake and whatever. It'll be a, a two week road trip of who knows what. Cool. Is that the uncle you were going to hook me up with if I didn't get some jujitsu done or meet up with David Green out there? The Fisher, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's my, uh, yeah. If you ever want to surf, he's the guy. He's he's nuts, man. He's, I mean, you know, I'm I'm biased because he's my uncle and and I love him, but like he's just a crazy dude in general. Um, like he, you know, I don't want to mess the story up, but like at one point, like he was <laughs> helicopter skiing and like fell off a cliff and like broke his back or fractured some vertebrae or or some 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 kind of injury, right? And like, he still skis. Like, he's just kind of one of those guys that, you know, he still surfs, he still skis, he travels around and he's got a little camper shell and he goes every weekend, he's off somewhere doing something and he's a good dude. That's awesome, man. So yeah. backing that up now, the last time we had you on, you were looking to get out of the Marine Corps, but you hadn't yet. And since then, like you just said, you sold some businesses, you switched stuff up a little bit, you spent a little bit more time home, you relocated to Missouri. So Talk a little bit about kind of the transition from, you know, active duty Marine, still kind of full-time real estate investor to where your life and things in business have changed over the last year or so. Yeah, there've been a lot of moving <laughs> parts, man. You know, uh, one of the things that I think I'm realizing, unfortunately, is that uh, in a lot of situations, like my biggest struggles are almost all people inflicted and they're almost all Dave trusting people more than he should because I'm a people person. And so like, you know, I mean, well, actually, I'm not allowed to say anything or give any details yet, but that lawsuit I've been in for like three and a half years, uh, we won. Um, and I'm going to get, I can't, I guess I can't really elaborate any further than that. So still waiting on appeals process and stuff, but I mean, it's uh, everything I could ask for and then some, um, it was pretty sweet. Right. And so, you know, that's nice. But like that whole thing was, I trusted this guy more than I should have. And in the lease option process and, you know, lesson learned. And then I had a contractor where I trusted more than I should have and should have verified better and whatever. And then I've had, um, you know, the fine gentleman who I won't name that you met at Flip Hacking Live, who was my acquisitions guy, uh, left the company in a less than ideal way with some employees and just, um, I, you know, it is what it is, right? Like whatever happened, both of us will have to live with that. And I feel fine with how I handled things. Uh, you know, maybe he does as well, but it is what it is. Um, that was really why I ended up selling the wholesaling company because I, I didn't really like it at scale. It was this beast that needed to be fed 24-7. And I was like, I want to focus on content and helping other people and and like more passive investments where I can focus my energy on something and then build it and then kind of let it do its thing while I focus on something else. And wholesaling is, dude, oh my God. Like if you... You can't just be like, okay, today I am not going to talk to sellers. Nope. It, you are talking to sellers. It just, there's no break. Um, and it, don't get me wrong. Like the money's great. Like our good friend Adam is making, you know, six figures a month, you know, not, and not low six figures a month. Right. I got friends who are doing very well, uh, but they'll all tell you, right. Like you got to feed the beast. And if you like the hustle, that's fine, but I'm, I'm kind of past that in life. And so I'm trying to focus my efforts more on, you know, more, more passive opportunities or, uh, like the content or uh, building like recurring revenue streams or, or even just helping people. I kind of had this epiphany that, you know, if I'm going to make $10,000 a month, I'd rather make $10,000 a month helping somebody else make $10,000 a month than make $10,000 a month from tenants who like, they could give two shits that you exist, right? Like, have you ever had a tenant thank you for being like, hey, thanks for letting me pay to live in this house. You are such a great and gracious landlord. I love paying you. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't care, right? So like, I'd rather make the money helping people. Um, and so I'm trying to focus that way. So what kind of stuff now? We'll go actually backing up again. So a lot of that stuff, did that happen in the transition or prior to you getting out of the Marine Corps? Or was that stuff that you got into afterwards? Yeah, yeah, most of it was after. Um, I had started doing some wholesaling and flipping uh, or rather wholesale and wholetail mostly prior to exiting. And I was doing, I did 12 deals in 2021 and that was all most of the, most of those were prior to leaving the military. And then uh, 
we started trying to scale that once I brought that other gentleman in to, to help, uh, or, or at least I thought help, um, you know, uh-huh. whatever. Uh, but I mean, we, we grew it enough that we were, we were doing four deals a month for, you know, January, February, March, April, and we were on track to continue to grow that, uh, before the, you know, whatever. Um, and then, uh, I was kind of just like, okay, well, I didn't really enjoy how chaotic this business model was. And so I have two options. I can either like rehire people and continue at this pace, but I have to be more involved and careful about who I hire, or I can just scale it back to where I was originally doing it, which was like a call here, a call there, you know, whatever, um, and do it a deal every now and then. And as I was making that decision, uh, a good friend of ours, I, well, a good friend of mine, I think you are friends with John Lalonde, um, reached out and he, you, you would have met him at Flip Hacking Live regardless. But yeah, he, he reached out and was like, you want to sell? I'm like, well, what does that look like? And so uh, basically what it looks like is I get a percentage of gross revenue for this year, next year, and the following. And I get uh, up to one deal a month, like first right of refusal for the first three years. And so, you know, basically I'm going to get deal flow at cost without having to do all the market, but it'll just be up to one deal a month, which is fine because I don't want to be anywhere near as busy as at, with with it. And then I'm going to focus my efforts more on like larger stuff. So, but that's all kind of happened. Mm, April, like April 13th, I think was when, uh, you know, good old employee boy was decided that he was going to not be anymore and go do bigger and better things on his own or whatever he's doing. And uh, so, yeah, kind of all happened in like a two month, two and a half month period. Interesting. Yeah. The, re- the reason I was asking about that is because I, you know, I know I've been guilty of doing a bunch of different stuff and then missing some of the details or just kind of crossing your fingers and hoping the person's doing what they're supposed to. And then by the time you have the time to actually look at it, it's caught your attention because it's just out of control already. And, you know, I, I've definitely slowed things down as well in- intentionally because not by my own choice, because my partner was kind of like, I'm, I'm going to freaking kill you if you keep like <laughs> only take stuff you can match. And I was like, all right. So I, I've tried to learn that a little bit more and really slow things down because just the, it's almost like turnover, like tenants with employees. You know what I mean? After a while, you're like, I just want to sell the property. Like I'm sick of renovating and I'm sick of evictions and all that kind of stuff. But what kind of lessons have you learned? Cause everybody asks about if you train somebody to run your business, especially like on the acquisition side, what keeps them from going and becoming your competition? And I mean, it, it happens. It also doesn't happen. Like I just had Alan Folio on and his people are working for five or six years, but what kind of like tips or, or lessons have you learned about screening people or managing people in that scenario? Yeah. I think the first thing is that you should hire people who want to work with you, not be you. Um, and that's, you know, that's something Ryan Dossie actually told me. He was like, dude, like, you know, this happens to people. And this is why I always recommend that you don't hire somebody who wants to be Ryan Dossie. You hire someone who wants to work with, right? And you can kind of feel that out. Um, I think the more important thing is, A, you keep the acquisitions guy in an acquisitions role. You don't don't feed him all the other pieces. He doesn't know, need to know any other piece of the puzzle. He needs to know, like, leave him. So I was grooming this person more into a COO role with the, the intention for us was that we would do this for like a year and assuming things were going really well, it would become more of a partner and we would discuss like the buy-in and everything else. And it'd be like 50, 50. And I would run all the uh, marketing and the raising of money. And he would run all of the disp- like acquisitions, dispositions and sales or, or uh, projects. Um, and so I gave him, you know, plenty of information. I, I took him to flip hacking live. I sent him to acquisition manager courses through Ryan Dossie, um, you know, kind of, trying to feel all that out. And so I, I gave him too much information, right? I shouldn't, I shouldn't have, uh, I should have just kept him in the acquisitions role as far as his knowledge went. So that would be another thing. Uh, but the most important, and this is the recurring theme through all of these issues is talk to a freaking attorney. Like, you know, he and I had all these agreements and none of it was in, in writing, which actually would have worked for, to my advantage in this case, except that I decided to uphold said agreements even after he terminated and I didn't call my attorney for like three weeks. And my attorney was like, dude, if you had called me on day one, I could have told you that even though you guys had this agreement, whether it's signed or not, it doesn't matter if he quits because this is an employment agreement. So if he quits, then even if this says you still pay him, you don't because this is no longer valid. And I was like, so wait, I wouldn't have had to, 
he's like, yeah, man, you would have saved like 35 grand. I'm like, oh <laughs> man. So, and then, you know, and I'm realizing that in other, other evolutions as well. It's, it's very easy, especially as like a super high eye personality who wants people to like you and trust you and, and does trust other people too easy. It's very easy to say, Hey, this is a good friend. Things are great. Nothing's ever going to go bad. We don't wish evil. It's like marriage, right? You don't get a prenup because you think that you're going to have an ugly divorce. You get a prenup because once you get something goes crazy and everybody's pissed off at each other, you don't think rationally. So it's better to have that in place beforehand. Uh, and so I've kind of had to come to terms with the fact that like everything I do needs to go through an attorney and be drafted and, and whatever, because no matter how much I know, like, and trust you, it's gotta be in writing. And then on top of that, like, you know, anyone who's actually your friend is going to be cool with that. You know, the people who are going to be like, Oh man, you don't trust me. Like, Oh, but I'm all these things. So you should just trust me. Like, why do we need to No, That's not the guy you want to do business with. Um, in fact, that's one of the funny lessons from all this is that I, will never again do business with somebody who presents or represents or utilizes in any way uh, their religion as a reason to trust them in any kind of business, right? Like, I get it. You're religious. So am I. Go to church, do the things, whatever, grew up that way. But like the moment you're presentation of why someone should trust you becomes well i'm all these awesome things and you should trust me like no my attorney even i I made that joke and my attorney was like it's like the biggest cause of fraud is like oh don't trust you don't need to see the deal just trust me because i'm all these awesome things like that's that's fraud fraud 101 he's like you just run (laughs) and so uh it's been some interesting lessons man because it's like all these people i thought were you know awesome humans that i could handshake with like i'm a handshake deal guy and if that was still a thing i would honor that but it's not still a thing anymore. So I need to acknowledge that and put everything in writing. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, 2020 is coming to an end. Let's start 2021 off on a good note by getting you into some real estate, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced. Any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesaling, fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Well, I have made those mistakes and learned those the hard way as well, just by trusting people too much. And, you know, everybody, it's weird over the years, the way it affects like business partners and the way it affects friendships where money and stuff gets, gets involved, like not only for the money side, but I think also like a big thing for me was the work expectation side of like, well, what, like, what exactly are you supposed to be doing? Cause I'm doing like all this stuff. And then they're kind of like, no, no, it's like, and you, you want what half to do like nothing. And, and then stuff starts to get weird. So I have learned those same things to, it, it's a fine line because you, you still want to like people and you still want to trust people. And people are always like, Oh, well, you have to do that. But like my wife, my brother-in-law, my friend would never do that to me. It's like, dude, like the reason people get screwed is because they never see it coming. Like nobody, like you said, goes into that. Like, uh, we'll go into this partnership, but a hundred percent, that person's going to screw me. Like it's always a freaking surprise. It's never oh, yeah. the person you thought it was. Like, you know, like, it's why you never co-sign on a house. You never co-sign on a car. You never co-sign on a loan. I don't give a shit. Like it could be your conjoined twin. And guess what? You don't do it. And, and the reason for that one is really easy to explain. It's a, you don't co-sign for a house because you stand to gain literally nothing and you have a massive risk. So the risk to reward is you could lose everything, uh, but you won't gain anything. So massively out of whack. That's pretty easy to articulate and people still do it because they want to help someone. Um, but like, it, you know, yeah. And other things it's like, okay, what's the risk to re- reward here? It's like mortgage fraud, right? Everybody's like, oh, I, but I could just use the VA loan and they'll never know if I don't move in. Maybe, but like, is the reward of 50 grand in equity over the next decade worth a $10,000 fine and felony charge and jail time. Like not to me, you can get that 50 grand in equity, not doing mortgage fraud. So whatever. 
before yeah. we I, I tell everybody, uh, trust, but never tempt. So everything always has to go in writing. Even with some of my best friends, we've done stuff. It's like, hey, man, I just, I would feel better. Like, I almost insist on it. You know what I mean? Because the way I look at it is if, if I believe I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do, I have no problem putting it in writing. Like, my intention is not to do anything I'm like this is what I'm agreeing to. And if the other party is not going to do that, it's like, well, that's pretty big red flag right off, off the bat. You know what I mean? Like if you're going to do what you say you're going to do, why do you have an issue putting it in writing? It doesn't make Absolutely. Sense. You go back to the prenup example and people are always like, well, I don't want to sign the prenup. Are you planning on cheating on me? Or are you planning on getting <laughs> divorced? No, I'm just trying to protect us. Like in, and people don't realize that a prenup's not just this financial, you can't take my money. It, it can also be, you know, Hey, if we're going to get divorced, we have to go to counseling six times first. And Hey, if we do get divorced, here's our, um, you know, our parenting plan for the court. So we can figure it out now instead of in court. And if we, you know, if this happens, then X, and you can also put in your, uh, prenup, like how you guys want to run your finances, whether it's a joint account and two, pro you know, whatever. So it's not like this big negative thing, but like, it's the same thing. Like the moment you bring up to somebody, Hey, I'd like to have this legal protection in just to cover my ass and they balk. That's a major red flag. Like, well, that shouldn't be an issue because if you actually don't plan on, you know, X, Y, Z, then like you would want what's best for us and me, which means covering my butt. Like, you know, in the, in the like rich guy, Mary supermodel world of prenup, it's like, <laughs> Dude, if she if she doesn't want to sign the prenup, then you know what she's actually going for. Which, yeah. if you're fine with that, then whatever. But more power to you, Hugh Hefner. All right, cool man. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. So for people who are in a situation like you, where maybe flipping's not for them, some of the active day to day stuff's not them. What kind of business model do you have set up now for doing more of the passive side, or you know, taking a little bit of a step back? Like what? What is more of your focus and how you're setting up more for your business lately? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of trying to feel that out. Uh, I'm trying to do more, you know, I, so we did this interesting deal. We closed on it last month and honestly feel better about it as a deal than most projects I've been on. And I only have like 10% of the deal. Um, and the reason for that is a friend of mine was like, I've got this killer deal, but I don't have funds. We need a hundred grand to close it. And my other buddy was like, you know, I knew that he had money and he was looking to buy something in the area. So I'm like, let me introduce these guys. And so I introduced them and they were like, Hey, let's give Dave 10% of the deal for, you know, making the introduction. And like, literally all I did was I introduced the money partner to the deal finder and who's going to operate it. And I introduced them to my lender who did the loan. And I introduced them to my LLC guys who did the LLC and that was it. And I mean, I'm going to do like the Google, my business and stuff. Cause I enjoy that. Uh, but like, I'm not running ops. I don't have a dollar in the deal. Is it going to make me a bajillionaire? No, it's this little RV park in Missouri that, you know, might, I might make thousand bucks, 2000, a couple thousand bucks a year. Right. Which whatever. Um, but I got to participate in a deal through like bringing people together without having to bring a ton of capital in without having to actually do the operations. So that's something that I would love to do more of. Uh, the other side to that would be, I'd love to be the guy who, finds the deals and just gets a piece of the puzzle for some of these bigger deals to bring them to syndicators or, uh, or helping, you know, raise some funds or, I mean, really just finding creative ways to be involved in real estate that don't involve me running the actual operations on a large scale. Cause I'm just not a detail guy. So it's, it's in my best interest to not run the details and be in charge of all the little things. I mean, I'm the dude who closes on a house and then two weeks real later realizes like, Oh, I should probably get insurance on this. You know? <laughs> so like, not my best interest to be the. I've literally, there have been at least two occasions that I've left the closing table and made the phone call to turn on utilities and, and, and call, you know, order insurance and gone, oh shit. I just bought this. Hey, I just bought this house. Uh, well, when are you buying it? No, no. Like I, I just paid for it. Uh, it is my house. I've got the keys and I probably should get insurance on it today. So yeah, but I've, yeah, it is what it is. I'm with you. That, that's why the, it's the only reason why spreadsheets and stuff have come in handy because now I got my checklist because otherwise I would freaking forget everything, man. So <laughs> technology has become my friend. So, yeah. um, so as far as uh, the business side of stuff, scale back a little bit, but your life and requirements of needing to check in with the military and all that kind of stuff has changed a lot. So we talked a little bit about 
you're getting to do things now that you haven't been able to do for the last you know, decades of, of being under the military. So I know you got some trips planned and stuff like that. So that side of like just the experiences in life, talk a little bit about like the freedom that you have now and some of the stuff you're doing with your time. Yeah, man. I, um, I mean, the biggest thing is, is travel. Like I'm not having to ask somebody to go on leave, to go to an event, right. I just make the decision. Um, you know, I mean, I guess I have to ask my wife, and that's probably about the same thing, but <laughs> she's a little bit more laid back than most of my commands are. Um, you know, when I first joined the military, so 2008, and the first four years, I saw like 13 countries, right? And I, in, in that was like a deployment to Afghanistan and all these great adventures and excitement. Some was great and some was terrible, but it was always adventure. And then as I continued in the military, uh, I just less and less. I mean, I haven't left the country in... Man, when did I move back? 11 years. Yeah. Yeah. 11 years since the last time I left the country. Uh, and that was because the military wasn't sending me out of the country anymore. And also like trying to request leave to leave the country, like depending on what country you're going to, it can be a royal pain in the butt, right? Like they're not going to let you, if you're not from Mexico and don't have family in Mexico, they're not going to let you take leave to go to Mexico because service members don't have the greatest track record of avoiding the cartel. So like, you know, it is what it is. Um, and so now, like, you know, tomorrow I'm going to Peru for two weeks, going to do the five-day Inca Trail up Machu Picchu. Uh, you know, we might might actually stop in another country on the way back just because one of the guys got a girlfriend and, I, you know, I don't know, in that in that country from their last visit. And so, I, you know, who knows, right? Uh, the world's your oyster, but we can kind of make those decisions. And so that's exciting. Uh, another thing is, I don't know if you've seen our Guatemala trip, but uh, we just- Yes, yes, that looks freaking awesome, business. dude. Yeah, so Alex and I have been talking about doing a trip out of the country for a while, and we ran into a friend who runs them. And so we've got, I think we only have like seven slots left, but, uh, you know, it we're, basically we were like, is there a way for us to travel with people that we really want to hang out with and have it pay for our expenses? Let's find out. And so we're not really going to make any money off this first one. Uh, it's more just proof of concept, but in theory, we sell sell everything out. We'll do a five day trip to Guatemala where we hike a fourteen thousand foot volcano, um, stay up there that night and watch the lava run in the dark, and then have breakfast on the mountain and come back down. We're gonna have you know it's this gnarly Airbnb with like a pool and hot tub on the roof, and they're gonna bring in like a guy to cook steak for us there and do like a cocktail tour and go across Lake Atitlan, which is like the deepest lake in South America or one of, and then we're going to go camp in like casitas that you can only get to by boat. And like, it's going to be this super cool trip and it's not real estate, like content at all. Like there's no content, no speakers. It's just cool. Like-minded people who have reached a point in their life where they can afford to say, yep, I'll blow, I think all in, including flight, it'll be like four grand. Um, I'll blow four grand for a week with people who can afford to take a week off and go have fun. And it's just going to be about adventure and relationships and fun and, and life. And man, that's, I mean, I'm so excited about that, you know? And it's like, I, that's the kind of stuff that I'm, I mean, I didn't have to ask anyone. It was like, Oh, Hey babe, do you care if we go to Guatemala for a week? Do you want to come? No, you don't want to come. Okay. Do you care if I go with a bunch of people to <laughs> go hike a volcano in Guatemala for five days? Nope. Okay, cool. Hey, yeah, let's do it. And yeah, it's cool. Dude, that's pretty badass. I mean, looking at that, the, especially the price point, not that I, like I'm not not a, I'm not sponsoring or anything like that, but the real, I mean, I, I paid literally 10 times that amount for half of the time with half as cool qualified people <laughs> and like not as nice place. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, that, that's pretty awesome, man. That's, that's cool. It is. And what's crazy. So the goal is that we do this and it goes well, and then we can do it two or three times next year and we're going to change location. Right. So like, I'm already like drooling over the idea of going to New Zealand or Switzerland or Iceland or wherever. And uh, it's cool. You know, we're just, it's just to build relationships and have adventure. And, and, you know, ironically, a lot of people who've made it to a point where you and I are in life where you don't have to have a W2 and you can kind of have a little bit more of that freedom have forgotten how to have freaking fun. And so like, you get to this point where you're like, wow, I've got money and I can do things. And, and, and now what? And the answer to now what is like, well, you, you need to go do things. So, you know, whatever, it's gonna be a good time. Now, I agree with that, man. It, you know, I've always, I've always been a quality of life guy. And to me, aside from like whatever type of money it brings in, my lifestyle goal was, was always just that. It's like, if something cool comes up, I want to be able to just go, 
I'm just going to go do that. You know what I mean? And if, and if you have that freedom to me, that was always kind of like, hey, I won. If I'm in a position where I can make money like I'm a police officer, but not actually have to go fight crime and be a cop, and I could sit home, make my own hours, play with my dog and do whatever I want. Like I made it in life. And obviously your goals go up from there, man. But I, I think you, you know, you've been really kind of pushing that lifestyle of working your way out of a position in the military where people are going to tell you how to, how to breathe, what to eat, when to wake <laughs> up, where to go to say, I'm going to do this in the background. So that way at some point I can literally do the opposite. And I think what you just said and what you're just doing, man, is like kind of the pinnacle of what that has bought you. And I think it's a great shining example of what you're helping people achieve that are currently serving. And I think it's freaking awesome, man. Yeah. And what's cool is that so far, everyone who's bought a ticket is like, I told Alex, I was like, dude, like we were kind of joking, like we'd like to sell out before we actually sent the email. So we were going to give like, there were like 15 people that had said they were really interested that were close friends. And we were like, we'll give them all first right for like two days and then we'll push it. And at first we were like, man, I hope we sell out before we push it out. And then like over the last week, like we're not there. I mean, we've sold, I think five with like another two that are, have said they're going to, they're just waiting on payday or whatever. Right. Um, but we haven't really been pushing it much. And so far, everybody who's bought a ticket, I'm like, Alex, this is really cool because even if we like don't completely sell out, like so far, everyone who's bought a ticket is exactly the type of person that I would want to go spend five days with in the middle of nowhere. So like totally cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a, that's another good thing about not necessarily, I think the old cliche of like being able to do what you want, where you want, but the other part was like with who you want to do it with. And I think you also now have the luxury of saying like, that person sucks. I don't want to be with them in a volcano <laughs> for five days because they're going to want to get thrown in, you know? So that is probably just as Maybe. important, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, that's, you know, it's the, you know, it's funny because to some people like 3,500 bucks plus a flight is, is outrageously expensive, even for a trip like this, that's all inclusive. Uh, and to some people it's a drop in the bucket and it's like, it, it's a barrier to entry. So like the people who can afford to make that decision are the kind of people that you generally want to hang out with. Right. Yeah. They've yeah, got to a point in life. So that's pretty awesome, man. <clears throat> so when, when is that? I'll, I'll try and get this out, obviously to push that a little bit in case any cool listeners might be interested. <laughs> there you go. We'll, we'll just uh, bring all the fighters and you can come. Yeah. Um, no, uh, November 30 to December 5th. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. Nice, man. So we'll have some time. I'll get this out before that for sure. Yeah. That does sound like it's right up Raging Al's. Uh, he's oh, he's the, he's the go, experience man. guy. He's like you. You call, hey, you want to go do this? Sure. Just jump on a plane. No questions <laughs> asked, you know? Pretty yeah, awesome. he's, he's a cool dude for sure, yeah. Nice, dude. And yeah, I think uh, Weidman's supposed to be fighting again, man. Maraba, I wasn't able to make this one. And then Al just got into a different spot. But uh, we definitely have to kind of get the get the band back together for the next like stateside fight or something. That's cool for sure. Yeah, as, as cool as Abu Dhabi sounds, uh, it's probably not in the cards for me this year. But uh, no, that sounds awesome, dude. I would love to. That was a good time. Yeah, man. So podcast, war room, all this stuff, man. Talk what you have going on. I know you're you're really committed now to helping other people kind of create the same lifestyle that you do. Talk all the ways people can reach out to, all the things you have kind of going on in the background, all the things you have coming up in the future. Anything, David Beret. <laughs> Yeah. What is David? I've got to try to figure out my five-year vision is what I got to do. <laughs> uh, where I'm at right now, man, you know, I've got the, the no BS guide to military life, the book. Uh, we've got the war room, like mastermind for service members and vets. Um, I'm kind of looking like I'm in the process of building out like some basics courses. So like a one and a half to two hour course about wholesaling. And it's just going to tell you like, this is what you need to know to get started. If you want a lot more information, you want a really deep dive, then these are the people I recommend you go talk to. Kind of do that for like most of the niches and they'll be like 30 or 40 bucks, right? It's super affordable, just enough skin in the game that you actually finish it. Uh, Cause most of my audience is kind of newer and I don't really plan to run like a massive uh, like coaching program. So I'm gonna, I'm working on that just cause people have asked for it. And I think it'll be cool. Uh, in the process of writing another book, um i don't know man trying to work on family life and relaxing and and just try to solidify the ability to never work again right i'm still still new enough to it that i'm like man like whenever a big project problem arises i'm like oh I don't, what if you know what if what if and so yeah two two things i want to touch on from that one is a lot of guys get very lazy after they get out of the military and you fresh out. Last time I saw you were getting ready for, was it a triathlon or an Ironman? <laughs> oh yeah, that went real well. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
we'll just edit this out. Don't even worry. <laughs> no, no, it's totally cool, man. I, I'm all about sharing, dude. So it was the, it's so we'll give the real quick why this is so funny. So I did a half Iron Man in August. Then I had all these health issues. So I went from like 215 in August to like 250 something in like three months later. I like my testosterone was under a hundred. Like, it, I mean, it was bad, right? Like PTSD, TBI, like all these things just kind of came up and my body reacted by getting fat as shit. And uh, I mean, so when we met, like I was worried about that race. And so the reason I was so worried is I had signed up to run a full Ironman, Ironman St. George, which is in Utah and whatever. It was be intense. And then because of COVID, the 2021 Ironman World Championship didn't happen in Hawaii. They couldn't make it work. So they just were like, hey, we'll run it 2022 in Hawaii, but the 2021 race didn't happen. And so they were like, we need to, we need to identify a race. And so all of a sudden I get this email that's like, Hey, your race is now the world championship. Uh, normally you need to be a qualifier, but since you already bought a ticket, like we'll let you stay if you want to. And I'm texting all the other guys. I'm like, ah, uh, do any of you, like, what, what are we doing? And they're all like, ah, it'll be fine. And they changed the course. And I'll tell you, man, I ran into a guy at the finish line who has done 52 Ironman races and said, this was the hardest race that Ironman has ever done. There were like, it was nuts. So for one, it was 96 degrees. So I came out of the water, you know, 2.4 mile swim, whatever, come out of the water, get on the bike. Basically I had a nutrition blowout and like four hours in, I ate a banana and then proceeded to, I don't usually eat a lot of bananas, but I was feeling kind of crampy. So I was like, well, we'll give it a shot. And I proceeded to just projectile vomit, like every ounce of fluids possible out of my stomach, sitting on the side of the road, like bent <laughs> over the bike. And as I'm doing it, the EMT drives by and he's like, he stops and he looks over and he goes, uh, you're not planning on getting back on that bike, are you? And I was like, oh, I think, and he's like, I'm going to stop you right there. You just threw up all the fluids in your body. It's 96 degrees and you're not even a quarter of the way into this stupid race. Like you will die if you get back on that bike and push. So I'm like, all right, good point. So I stopped. But like, dude, it was like, I think it was like 9,000 feet of elevation gain or something. I mean, it was stupid. Like it was the hardest bike course in Ironman history and supposedly the hardest tri like triathlon. So I had no business being at this race at all. <laughs> uh, but I was stupid enough to be like, you know what? I signed up for it. So even if I didn't qualify for this, I'm going to get to say I raced in a world championship. And uh, yeah, so that thing, yeah, it is what it is. It was an experience, you know, of the, they had a, uh, 32%, I think, of the people who started that race didn't finish. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was bad. It was, I mean, it might've even been more than that. Like of our group of seven, four finished. So, I mean, it was like everybody I talked to was just like, yeah, this was terrible. <laughs> so, well, sir, what you did was bring your A game to that race, just like you do everything else, just like you once again did for this interview, man. So I know you got stuff you got to do. So how do people find you? Social media, websites, talk, other ways they can connect with you. Uh, easiest way is just, military millionaire or from military to millionaire and all socials uh if you want to reach out to me directly instagram at from military to millionaire is the best spot i love it man well thank you again for coming on as always any final thoughts before we let you go sir nah but we need to hang out again soon let's find 100%. some other random trip to go on yeah as soon as you get back from uh peru let, let's start to plan something out man we definitely will be awesome well david pray ladies and gentlemen thank you very much have an outstanding day so what's it feel?